Welcome to E20's fanfiction. It's a tale we tell of secrets and scandals. You've been voting in our polls for what you'd like to see. And we have been writing. There's a lot of drama. There's things we've been hiding. But no Dark Martin. Hello and welcome to E20's Fan Fiction Week. Yay! We will be back with our roundup of two weeks of EastEnders next week, but this week is all dedicated to our collaborative fan fiction with you guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Connor. And this is what you chose to see in Chapter 5. Threats, debts and my only fan. <laughs> We asked which character would you like to see make a mysterious return? And you voted... Ant Babe! Yes! I'll get me caught! Yay! I can't wait. Get you caught, Emma. (laughs) I get you caught. (laughs) Stay. (laughs) I saw him first! (laughs) Love that bit where she's on a bed stand. We run into some money troubles. Uh Uh-oh. We owe someone. We need to get the money somehow. So we asked, what shall we do to get the money? And you decided, we should go debt collecting. Oh, yes. (laughs) Get me leather coat on. Dark Emma and Dark Connor are out. Yes, I can't wait. Who would we owe this money to? Well, we let you decide and you chose Phil Mitchell. (gasps) <gasps> oh, no. Oh, everyone's always owing Phil. It's only right. I know it is, isn't it? But, I mean, he's a scary man. I don't think we can, you know, get away with stealing from him. I know. <gasps> we have a disclaimer before we start. This fan fiction was created before the pandemic. The fictional characters you are about to hear from are now isolating. We also would like to apologise for any discomfort our impressions may cause. We thought we would be good at them. However, the recordings... They state otherwise. Anyway, let's get on with the show. It's time for Chapter 5. Threats, debts, and my only fan. Ooh, Ooh who is it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. So, just like all the other times, I will be reading the first five pages or so, and then my lovely, lovely co-host, Emma, will be taking over the narrations after that. Thank you. Do I, do I became all posh there? I felt like I must say thank you. <laughs> I'm so British. <laughs> so, without further ado, here it is. Chapter 5, Threats, Debts and My Only Fan. A cold, pale light shined on Emma's face from the laptop screen, illuminating her worried expression in the darkness of the room. She wondered how they had gotten here. How could a cash scam have led them to this place, she wondered. I'm wondering a lot here. She wondered how they had gotten here. How could a cash scam have led them to this place? She wondered. wondered. It's a lot of wondering. So much much wondering. (laughs) She's just, Emma's like one of those sagely monks. She just sits on mountains wondering about the cosmos. However, she's thinking about cash scams. Yeah, yeah. Whilst monks, you know, Buddhist monks um, try and unravel the mysteries of the universe, Emma tries to unravel the mysteries of cash scams. And payday loans. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> By her hand were the numerous letters from their threatening, mysterious foe. I like that. Makes it sound like we're up against like Sauron from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Blackmailing them with the threat of exposure, of revealing what they did to the whole world and bringing their world crashing down around them. It's a lot of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wondering, a lot of worlds. <laughs> what next? Yeah, I'm just waiting for the next word that repeats itself. <laughs> I hope it's one with a W again. <laughs> On the other side of the computer was Emma's phone, riddled with text after text from Phil, demanding the money owed for the destroyed boat. She always thought people around here just helped each other out, that they looked out for one another. But instead, <laughs> that no good deed... <laughs> Sorry, I just broke it down laughing. <laughs> but instead, it seems that no good deed comes without a price. And that price was a hundred grand. <laughs> Remember, they all look after each other. They do. What Ruby said, and Ruby knows. Because, I mean, Ruby's been here the entire time, hasn't she? <laughs> she understands that they do all look out for each other. <laughs> Again, should we bring our list back from last week? <laughs> <laughs> Also, 100 grand, standard. Oh, totally standard. I mean, that if you're going to blackmail someone and it's not 100 grand, why even bother? Why even bother? <laughs> she stared at the screen on the laptop, looking at their bank account, which had nowhere near that kind of cash. But she would think of something. She had to. She couldn't let her brother down. Not now that he's found... Love in this hopeless place. Found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> we found love in, in a hopeless place. place. <laughs> Do you think that's what I'm doing around the kitchen table? He found yes. love. <laughs> I feel like as you're thinking that, Rihanna's on the radio. <laughs> yeah. We found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> However... As Emma struggled with stress in the dark, Dawn's radiance danced over her brother's pale complexion, awakening him with its gentle warmth. <laughs> <laughs> A gentle warm. <laughs> what the hell's happening in that bed? <laughs> Someone read it. <laughs> Connor wet the bed that night. Unfortunately, especially when you're elderly like me. You know, when <laughs> when you're from the 1800s like me. He still dances around candlelight. Of course I do. Of course I do. He has these pitchforks. Get me pitchforks. Get me a uh, get me a little gas gas lantern. <laughs> <laughs> that's the warmth. That's that, that's the warmth. That's actually my gas lantern. I'm actually going like this. Look, you're right, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Just lifting the lantern up over his face. Morning. <laughs> My impression of Kathy meets your fanfic version. I think they're from the same decade. I actually genuinely do. <laughs> I feel like that is where I'm from. I feel like me and Kathy are like kindred spirits almost. I mean, I wouldn't give Rainy drugs, but you know. <laughs> he doesn't forget, Kathy. <laughs> I don't forget! <laughs> Lying beside him in his super king bed. 
had to throw that in because I literally sleep in nothing but a Super King now. After getting my Super King, there is not a single bed that's ever been better than that. Oh, gosh, I'm a peasant to you. (laughs) Honest, everyone's better. I had to stay at my mum's, right, one time. And after lying in my old bed, I was just like, it's crap, this bed. It's rubbish. I've become such such a snob when it comes to beds. (laughs) <laughs> what is this? What is this? <laughs> Connor his favourite beds the podcast <laughs> tune in next week when Connor discusses the finer things in life <laughs> such as grapes <laughs> we learn his favourite apple does he like a granny smith <laughs> <laughs> What does nice. Connor think of sell-by dates? <laughs> now I'm just getting images. It was on that, like, um, what's that BBC show where they go and, like, find out about, like, dodge food and stuff? <gasps> oh, um... Something unwrapped or something yes. or unpacked. Yes, I know which one you mean. I feel like I'm on that now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever go shopping? Have you ever seen the one with um, Greg Wallace where they go around to make people eat healthier? Eat well for less. Do you ever feel like, you're not seeing it, when I go shopping sometimes and I'm in the biscuit aisle and I'm piling me trolley with biscuits, I'm worried he's going to jump out and tell me about <laughs> tell me about how bad it is for us. Me and um, my partner were discussing Gillian McKee's classic, you know, <gasps> classic. classic. Um, we were discussing when she used to get all the food put on the table and I said to Ross, I went, that always just made me feel hungry. <laughs> 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 you go, Oh, oh, I like that. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat that. <laughs> well, let's get another slice of our fan fiction. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> Back on track. Lying beside him in his super king bed was Jay. Morning, Connor smiled. Oh, sorry, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sat back, relaxing, letting Connor do all you the work. You in the Super King bed there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Morning. No, that's awful. <laughs> Jay has been possessed by Nick. I love that. <laughs> that is literally the best. <laughs> Jay smirked. <laughs> was it Jay? <laughs> At first... First, the young barman was worried that he had just dreamed up Jay leaving Lola in a night of insane passion. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Getting all hot and bothered here, yeah, I remember. <sighs> oh. um, Would you like me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like him to be the super king? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who listens, <laughs> I hope you still love our flipping weird weird <laughs> references because like literally we ever are just the stupidest silliest people ever <laughs> but it turns out it was all real and his dreams had all come true oh, oh real to an extent this is what dreams <laughs> are made of hey now I, hey now <laughs> i love that film absolutely love it lizzie mcguire is the best Legendary. I can't legendary. wait for a new one where she comes back as an adult. 
Well, oh, I know that. if that's still going ahead, because I know there's been drama. And stuff. Yeah, it's Corona and everything. <laughs> oh, not just that. Got to read oh. up on that. Yeah, production was halted before Corona. God, I'm looking forward to hearing all the goss and dish, dish all the the drama <laughs> about that. <laughs> Gossip with Emma out on Fridays. <laughs> Next week we're doing a podcast all about Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God! Why don't we do a lot about Disney shows? Oh. That's so Raven. We could do oh, as well. Everything. everything. So much we could do. We could. Oh, anyway, back to the fan fiction again. <laughs> How many podcasts could we do? <laughs> I've got to get up. Can't avoid the square forever. The copperhead lad said. Well, looks like I got some last night, Emma. <laughs> Just looks like I got some. Feel pretty, pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Suddenly, Cutter's hand grabbed. But what did it grab? (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Cutter's hand grabbed Jay's wrist and pulled him onto the bed. We could try, Connor teased. But Jay tilted his head and smiled, as if to say, you know we've got to get up. Fine, I'll get up as well, I suppose, Connor huffed. How does a full English sound? That's my speciality. I mean, it's not much of a speciality. Literally everyone can do a full English breakfast. (laughs) You're not really culinary Connor, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Chef uh, Connor. That's why I've got Callum downstairs. Exactly. Um, He could do the cooking. Nan practically raised us on them as kids. Fried everything in lard. So, you know, me and Emma are definitely going to have a coronary in two years. He joked, causing Jay to laugh. Connor got up had wrapped himself in a pink fluffy dressing gown, identical to his sister's, before slipping his feet into his slippers and shuffling towards the door. Why is this literally me? (laughs) (laughs) I sat here with my dressing gown on, my slippers. (laughs) However, to his shock, the minute he opened the door, Derek was there. Ah! What the hell are you doing up here, Derek? Connor shrieked. Oh, God, I'm Derek. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, just prepare my voice. I was... Oh, I don't know what's happened to Derek's voice. Uh, <laughs> get very husky all of a sudden. I was wondering if I could play a tune on the piano at lunchtime. You know, like a bit of piano lounge music to help pull the punters in, the old piano enthusiast explained. Oh, I love Derek and his obsession with pianos. What a guy. Connor raised an eyebrow, slightly concerned with Derek's growing obsession with that piano. I don't think the residents around here are refined enough for piano lounge music, Derek. If it isn't on a Clubland CD, they won't have heard of it, Connor replied, shooting all of Derek's dreams down before they could even take flight. So sad. Derek looked disappointed, heartbroken even. But having said that, maybe we all need... To broaden our horizons, the young man said. Yeah, I'd love to hear some. Jay added. Derek was so thankful, he almost burst into tears. Or possibly song right there. By the way, Derek, who let you in? Connor questioned. Oh, Tracy, she opened the door when the postman came. Looks like she was very eager to get to that mail. The old gentleman answered as he departed down the Vic stairs. Connor's suspicions of that barmaid were pricked once more. 
Why would she be in such a hurry to get to the postman? He rushed to the kitchen, entering into a cooking storm. Bacon, sausages, eggs, beans, you name it, and it was cooking. On one of the many appliances he had recently bought, amidst the choir of sizzling bacon and Jay's tone-deaf singing in the shower, the boy smiled to himself, thinking he, could, he should pinch himself to check if all of this is real. I love how, like, literally my dreams have just been made. <laughs> like, nothing else has ever come close to this moment for Connor. <laughs> <laughs> then, just as Connor was preparing two cups of coffee on their new and very expensive-looking coffee machine, suddenly his sister emerged from the kitchen doorway, carrying with her numerous baked goods, toast, and a selection of hot drinks. Did you forget? We have a perfectly good kitchen here, Connor teased. Well, Vinny has a kitchen, but he still gets coffees from Kathy's all the time. His sister replied. I mean, you've got a point there, Emma. I do. You've got a point. It's true. Yeah, but he also has a call centre in his kitchen, he replied. Not anymore, Emma said. Her tone saddened by that fact. I think we're all just so saddened. You'll get to hear our thoughts in next week's podcast. But, I mean, we're still coming to terms with it, so... Out of nowhere, her sadness turned to fury and disbelief. Oh, that's you. I was just about to read your line. (laughs) I'm taking over all the characters now. This is my show. (laughs) Connor's fan fiction by Connor, for Connor, with Connor, read by Connor. Connor does all the voices. (laughs) What the hell are all of these? Emma snapped, looking at the various new appliances, which she swore weren't there yesterday. Oh yeah, it was uh, buy eight, get one free on Amazon Appliances. So I got us a new George Foreman, a rice cooker, a blender, a soup maker, a slow cooker, a juicer, a coffee machine, an egg cooker, and I got a free mechanical tin opener. Way! We needed one for ages. (laughs) (laughs) Connor justified, disregarding the enormous amounts of cash he'd spent to acquire that one simple item. Connor, what the hell are you doing? Money doesn't grow on trees. Emma yelled, her voice echoing throughout the Vic. Connor, uh, uh, <laughs> what the hell? hell? <laughs> the Vic's become a cave. <laughs> really, that's the truth. We're not even in Albert Square. Me and Emma are both feral children raised in the cave. We've become delusional. <laughs> it's all a dream. It's all a dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like a primary school story. Yeah. And it was all a dream. <laughs> don't worry, the fanfic is not ending with it's all a dream. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't want to scare you off. <laughs> no. But if it did, Nan would have deforested them all in a heartbeat, the boy joked. This isn't a joke. His sister snapped back. Your sister's right. You really should start looking after your money. Jay replied, sounding closer to Emma than ever. As he emerged from the shower, with only a towel on, causing Connor to melt into a lovesick puppy. Emma wanted to be mad at her brother, but seeing him so happy made her stop from seeing anything more hurtful. Besides, she'd been wanting a new George Foreman for ages. I just love how fickle we are. (laughs) I love a good George Foreman. Oh, so do I. Do you remember when I got mine for the first time? Literally cooked everything on it. Oh my god, uni? I just, everything went on the George Foreman. Everything. Yeah. And I had the one where you could take the 
bottom and the top off so you oh, could clean yes. them. So good. That's so good. So good. I want another one. I would like a big yeah. one that has the things that come off because mine's small at the moment. So I'd like a oh, big oh, one. Okay. And that was how to talk about appliances with Connor and Emma. <laughs> Tune in next week <laughs> where we discuss juicers. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Emma tries out the latest blenders. <laughs> takes a risk with an egg cooker <laughs> oh my god why is that not a show why is that not a show <laughs> great after connor got washed and changed that was very quick by the way after oh my connor god, it got was. washed and changed he joined his sister and his boyfriend i love how i'm just calling him a boyfriend now who had now <laughs> clad himself in a smart black suit and tie emma picked at a muffin whilst jay wolfed down his breakfast connor was suddenly not that hungry now that he knew his sister was furious with him. So we should just tell him. She doesn't mind now. <laughs> After planning a kiss on the barman's lips. She got a George Foreman. <laughs> she got George Foreman. She was fine. The suited and booted Ginger rushed off to deal with the stiffs of Walford. Leaving the two siblings to deal with their growing crisis. Is everything all right? The young dark haired boy asked. Reaching over for the laptop on the t- kitchen table in the blink of an eye. Emma slammed the laptop down so fast she almost took her brother's fingers off. Clearly, she was trying to hide something. I mean, that is so standard standard as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, always. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> They're always looking at something on the laptop and then someone comes in and is like, boom, no. Nope. Yeah, paternity test, remember that? <laughs> slam, slam the laptop <laughs> But they always leave the tab open, always. Of course, because they don't know how to shut down or delete history or anything no. like that. Um, that would be too much to expect from them. <laughs> and it must have been serious, as without saying a word, Emma got up and produced a bottle of vodka out of the cupboard. Is it really that bad? Connor asked, his eyes watching with worry as his sister Irished up her coffee. We all fill a hundred grand, and our lovely poison pen pal is demanding a hundred grand as well. And I, I can only get twenty grand out. Emma whispered. Loudly. Loud. <laughs> we all fell a hundred grand. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got a plan. Her brother replied as he rushed into his room. So have I. Emma said to herself as she reached for the dark brown leather jacket hanging up on the wall behind her. Wrapping herself up in the court's dark embrace for the first time since the whole Johnny Allen ordeal. (gasps) As soon as Emma turned to leave, though, she was greeted by Connor wearing a black leather jacket from his leather days. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need to expand on the leather days. Well, maybe one day, maybe one day. (laughs) That's a whole fanfic in itself. Why don't you just come tune in every week to my OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> Where you'll find out everything you want to know about my leather days. <laughs> I'm joking, I've never had leather days. <laughs> I feel like I have to do a disclaimer there. <laughs> I love how in the disclaimer you didn't put, I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'll never see never because you never know. <laughs> Things might get tough. <laughs> You didn't think you were going to be doing this alone, did you? 
Tubbs texted me to say you contacted him, the young lad stated as he judged his messy bed hair. I'm in. All right, Deborah Meaden. I was channeling the dragon stand there, wasn't I? For that I'm reason, in. I'm out. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a great idea, beautiful pitch. You two are lovely, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> Loved it. I think it's the best idea. I'm out. <laughs> Tubbs had sent them a list of doors to knock on, most of them neighbours, but that didn't seem to dampen their friendships with anyone. In fact, many of them offered them cups of tea. Apparently, this is a regular thing. Ordinary, normal people on the square suddenly turning into deck collectors. Deck collective was going rather well. They'd already kicked Karen's door in, snatched up a wad of cash from Keegan, who had borrowed a loan from Tubbs' agency. Moving on, they knocked on Sonia, had a gossip with Denise, collected Patty's gambling debts, and were making good progress through their list. <laughs> but now... <laughs> I just love the fact that they're doing all this and then still working at the Vic and everyone's coming round and like, oh, I like these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, because we're just we're just down on our luck. We just have to get some cash somehow. So we're just taking up debt collecting. It's a perfectly rational decision, isn't it, Emma? To go from ordinary business owner to debt collector. It is true. And once you, put, once you put on a leather jacket, you're unrecognisable. Yeah, once you call leather, you can never go <laughs> weather. <laughs> There's not really a catchy, reply, a catchy rhyme to that, is there? <laughs> but now they were venturing to a place no square resident dared to tread. Although they stood only a few metres around the corner from the square, it felt like miles away, far from the prying eyes of the judgmental residents. It was like, I love it, sorry, I love how I've called them judgmental, but actually we've just said earlier that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Ash, we contradict ourselves. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they were invisible the minute they put that jacket on. Just one jacket. They just put that one on. (laughs) You took one arm, I took the other. (laughs) Off we went. (laughs) We're like conjoined twins. (laughs) Love that. Oh, what is that race everyone used to do at like school? Where you had to tie your legs to the other one and you hopped. Oh, yes, what was that? Three-legged race. Are we doing that but with a jacket? (laughs) (laughs) Just to make it more interesting, Emma. (laughs) It was a strange place where lookalikes and oddities dwelt. Forgotten faces like the Ahmeds, Donna Yates, and Tanya Branning's random sister, Ava, stared out from their windows, but they had nothing to worry about. They weren't on the siblings list. We wonder sometimes where have these people gone? Remember, well, now we know. if you walk around that corner, no one sees you. They're all just there waiting for their they're return. Just there. Yeah, they're just there. And so is all the foster kids that the Ahmeds fostered. They're also there. They're just they're just stand outside the windows waving. <laughs> <laughs> just constantly for twenty four yeah, hours yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that me and Emma are literally waving. We <laughs> are like silently. <laughs> <laughs> we must do it for the rest of the podcast. They passed that doctor called Al Jenkins. You know the dishy doctor who vanished from the square years ago. 
It seemed he had just been jogging around in his grey sweatsuit all this time. But like the others, he was not on their list. Door after door they knocked, some answered. Others had to be kicked in. But in the end, they got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. When a sudden sense of someone else watching rose over them. <gasps> Who is it, Emma? Who is it? I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling it now. It's like, I'm getting something. <laughs> what was that? What was that, Patches? What's that? <laughs> Martin! <laughs> Martin. <laughs> I'm here all week, don't <laughs> Connor looked to see the silhouette of a man wearing a leather jacket, lurking, no, creeping, creeping, in an alleyway across the road. Definitely Leo. It's got to be Leo, doesn't it? It's got to be. be. Lurking and creeping. That says Leo to me. Normally, he would have said something, but the two had a job to do. Marching on to their next stop, they thumped on the door hard, and a pregnant woman in a dressing gown emerged. The young woman, with her fag in hand, sneered at them, refusing to pay what she owed. Listen, I don't have the payment. <laughs> Literally Who is she? Like Who is couple. she? Where did you find her? I just come from Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cigarette to smoke, it's a cigar, it's got an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> Listen, well, she's aged a lot. You know, it's a harsh life around that corner. Listen, I don't have the payment, the blonde-haired woman replied. <laughs> Nearly still in character. Nearly still in character. <laughs> No, you listen. You borrowed those loo rolls from Tubbs. Now you have to pay for them. So hand over the cash. Emma demanded. I mean, I would demand it too. These are troubling times, Emma. The toilet roll crisis is still going on, guys. Billy's already on to his last socks. Oh, no. I know. Also, uh. (laughs) (laughs) The woman sheepishly complied. But as she handed over the cash, Emma couldn't help but feel that she looked just like P.T. Peter's sister. She even said it to her brother. No way is that Peter's sister. Ain't she dead? Connor replied, doubting that it was Lucy. Everyone around here knows what happened to her. Yes, but we both know ghosts have a habit of coming back. Emma said. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Blummin' heck, ghost has just come back. Should I get Denny Akura on the line? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kathy's now about 102. <laughs> <laughs> she was there at Vietnam. <laughs> it was a hard life for her, it being a, a ghost. It was a very hard life. <laughs> Growing up, fighting off cavemen. She <laughs> 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 has an age to date, though. <laughs> Only in voice. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's like the year is 16 18 <laughs> London was under attack <laughs> her enemies at all corners <laughs> oh, I love this. anyway Kathy take it away <laughs> yeah look at me <laughs> Kathy interrupted 
springing up behind the pair like a pantomime villain. Or a ghost. Or a ghost. Or a skeleton. Or any other ancient mummified thing. <laughs> <laughs> or even a Victorian chimney sweep. Call Patches. <laughs> or maybe she's Patches' <gasps> man. <laughs> yes. She's dirty in the water. <laughs> <laughs> The pair nearly jumped out of their skin. Kathy, what are you doing all the way out here? Connor asked. Oh, this is a long bit. <laughs> oh. I just saw it. I thought Emma's going to struggle, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I do a bit of deck collection from time to time. You know, when I'm not walking around the Victorian era. Going after witches with my pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> I've been giving out a lot of muffins. Part of my eat now, pay later loan scheme. Oh my gosh, it just sounds like she's 93. <laughs> <laughs> and now I hear I'm to collect the payments. <laughs> I mean, the next bit sounds so accurate. The strange woman said... Because that's not Kathy. The strange woman said. The pair gave her a strange look, wondering if she was seriously giving people baked goods out on a loan. But judging from the basket she was carrying, full of cookies and cakes, she was. Kathy was strange, the two thought. Well, it isn't Kathy, that might be why. That might be why. <laughs> that might be why. She's just wearing Kathy's skin, God yeah. knows who she is. <laughs> <laughs> An 82-year-old lady. Piece <laughs> of mask off, she's actually Henry VIII. <laughs> Henry VIII, I am, I am. <laughs> right, that's the list done so far. Let's head back and open the pub. Emma suggested. Returning to the Vic, the pair put down their leather jackets and tried to come up with new ideas of how to generate some cash, seemingly sensing something was wrong. Their nan and Auntie Jean had come over to see how the pair were doing after all the drama from last night. Well, if it isn't the gruesome... Don't know who this is. Well, if it isn't the gruesome twosome, we thought you might have gotten into trouble and done a runner by now. Don't know who more is then. <laughs> Just going to try that again. Well, it's, if it isn't the gruesome twosome... <laughs> it's me, Big Mo, <laughs> from some sort of obscure English wannabe show, <laughs> where everyone talks like Edwardian chimney sweeps or pickpockets working for Fagin. <laughs> Coming up later, I do a rendition of Oliver, Oliver. <laughs> Well, if it isn't gruesome twosome, we thought you might have gotten into trouble and done a runner by now, Mo chuckled as she entered. Her words seemed to hurt the pair. They didn't even clap back with a snapping retort, which wasn't like them. <laughs> Are you... T- <laughs> I can't, do- can't even do the voices. Are you two all right? <laughs> Normally a joke like that wouldn't have left a tent. <laughs> Where's the witty comeback? 
impressed with you, comeback girl. You sound like, you know, when um, you watch an American film and one of them has to play some English guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. I feel like for that last sentence, it kind of sounded a bit like a pirate like who's lost one eye, has a limp, and stars in like something like Treasure Island and is putting on a really bad English accent. I feel like you just need to add on, all right, governor, that's the <laughs> Top of the morning. We're just stressed. We're kind of struggling for cash at the minute. Emma explained. Oh, we can have a yard sale, Jean suggested, giddy and cheerful in tone, almost like a schoolgirl. Shall we go again? Oh, I could take a few trees. <laughs> There's a few people who owe me a few, Bob. Then I said. <laughs> Thanks, guys, but we don't want you to have to get involved in our mess. Connor replied. Listen, we're family. Your mess is our mess. Who is this who I'm channeling? <laughs> <laughs> who I'll even are you <laughs> I'll go see if fat Elvis has any knockoff watches he wants shifting whilst you two put your heads together and try to come up with something Nan said taking charge as she charged out of the pub you're like from a period drama if a period <laughs> drama was made by people who had never acted before yes like community period drama <laughs> from the 50s i feel like that's like i feel like that's what what i'm i'm channeling a bit emma went upstairs and typed into google how to make money fast whilst her brother had other ideas on how to generate some cash and he was going to need gene to help him guilt racked him and all he could think of was if it wasn't for that boat accident they might have had enough cash but this debt collecting just wasn't going to pay the bills. They needed something else. So whilst Emma was looking for payday loans, Connor was on the top of the top of the bar, sprawled out, barely closed. Whilst flashes awkwardly illuminated him. Hold the camera straight, Jean, the dark haired boy demanded. There's no way I could get up <laughs> 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 Oh my god. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> oh, Miss Slip. A little bit of a Freudian slip there. Whoopsies. And in, in no... this section was not the best place to get that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's no way I could get my followers up on OnlyFans if the pictures are cockeyed. <laughs> I don't know about this. It seems a little odd taking all your clothes off for complete strangers. And for your auntie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> her confusion and worry evident in her tone. <laughs> I don't blame her, she's terrified. <laughs> Jean, I do that anyway. This way I just get paid for it, Connor replied as he removed more and more articles of clothing. <laughs> don't worry, Auntie Jean, it's all going to be very tasteful. <laughs> and so from this point on, Emma will be taking over the narrations to, you know, give my voice a little bit of a rest and um, so that I don't end up with, like, you know, inability to speak. Or become Mo or Kathy, as played by us. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You're alright. You're alright, Governor. Oh, having a top day, Governor. 
Even like when we're trying to do the impressions to sound bad. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Even when we're trying to do impressions of our bad impressions, they still sound rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's even worse. <laughs> snap after snap, the camera flashed, shining across the young man. Tag it as good boy gone bad. Connor, Connor. said. <laughs> Connor said (laughs) What the hell do you think you're doing? Kat squawked as she entered wearing her signature leopard print and covering Tommy's eyes so as not to scar the child (laughs) She stared at her cousin sprawled out on the bar and was rendered speechless, a condition his sister shared as she emerged from the doorway with a shocked look on her face. Um, what's happening here exactly? Emma questioned. That's what I want to know, Kat declared. Oh, chill out. I've got my underwear on. Connor countered. And you'll keep them on. Yeah, let's go Geordie, guys. Let's go Geordie. The raven-haired woman declared, as if she was their mother. I've got to take Tommy to school, sounding like Emma. But when I get back, we are going to be having a conversation. Get your butt off the counter. I've got to serve drinks from there, Emma said, shoving her brother from the counter. Oh, please. I'm clean as a whistle. Besides, do you really think people around here care about hygiene ratings? No. I mean, just last week, Keegan and Tiff were getting freaky in his burger van. And the next day, people were lining up for his tacos and meat patties. The young lad laughed. Besides, we need the money, so what better way to get it than starting up my OnlyFans again? Connor explained as a tune played out behind them from the piano. I've only got two followers. One of them is Jean and the other is someone called Music Man 46 I like that anti-Jean follows. Oh, of course she does. Jean clearly has no idea what she signed up for there at all. Yeah, yeah, but she still did it because she wants to support her family. Yep. <laughs> And Music Man, 46. I wonder who that is. Who could that be? Play dramatic instrumental in the background with a piano. (laughs) Suddenly, the piano music jerked and stopped abruptly. Uh, I probably should be going, Derek said as he quickly shifted towards the door. Oh, is he Music Man? Is he your Music Man? Well, we never know, do we? We'll never know. I would well, like never, to think so. Some things are just never answered, Emma. Like, where did Derek go after he left EastEnders? <laughs> just abruptly disappeared. <laughs> but these mysteries will never find out. Why did Sonia steal money from Dot before Christmas? True! True, why did she? I still don't understand. <laughs> oh, Derek, you play the piano, don't you? It's just, Daniel left me one. I thought maybe he was hiding inside it, but anyway, that doesn't matter. But what I mean to say is, would you teach me how to play the piano? Jean asked. I'd be delighted, Jean, Derek said, looking visually perturbed by something. The day rolled in and time seemed to be all over the place. It was still early, but eerily dark. <laughs> People were coming to meet up at the Vic, even though it was getting close to closing time. It was all very odd. <laughs> true. It is true. We don't know what time it is. <laughs> I have lost concept of time in EastEnders. I've just lost concept of it. <laughs> there is no time. There is no time. Time is an illusion, Emma. Time is an illusion. 
<laughs> and whilst Jay, Callum and Tracy worked behind the bar, the two bar owners were busy trying to rectify their money situation. The pair ventured out into the dark of the debt-collecting world once more, collecting cash from Lola, Vinnie, Jags, Habiba and Cherie within the space of 10 minutes. No one refused them. Not when they were wearing their leather jackets. They were practically unrecognisable. Connor quickly had to run off to the Vic and let Emma continue alone. She knew what he was going to do and wanted to stop him. She didn't want her brother to have to go down this dark route again. But they really needed the money and they all had to do things that they didn't want to do. <laughs> it's just, it's so true, Emma. <laughs> we know what you're going to do. You just know. I know. I know. It's, it's coming, Emma. It's coming. Just getting ready. Just getting ready to cover my face in shame. <laughs> Connor sat in the upstairs living room. I like how you didn't even do it in the privacy of your own room. Of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> With the computer screen in front of him, his only light. Hundreds started coming in as Connor's cam show began pulling in all the dirty old men from around the globe. <laughs> Is this Madame Whiplash? A familiar voice said as he deposited £150. Just for a private chat? Yeah, pop your camera on, handsome. Connor said, trying to hold his vomit back. <laughs> to his horror, though, a face flashed up on the screen. A face he recognised. And who recognised him? <gasps> it was Ian Beale. No! <laughs> <laughs> Connor gasped, pulled a shirt over his mouth and turned away, ashamed and disgusted with himself. He had done a lot of iffy things for money in his time, but entertaining Ian Beale? That would have been by far the worst. That was just channeling a bit of uh, Janine there when she says to Barry on the cliff. <laughs> I've done a lot of iffy things for money in my time, but being with you is by far the worst. And we're also doing a slight throwback to the Ian Beale prostitution. Of course. When he, of course. he turns up in his car and then Mandy knows all about it. Yeah. With a slam of the computer screen, he closed his chat and filled the room with darkness. Ooh, <laughs> would you like to be Aunt Babe? Hannah. Oh my God. You always were a pervert. A familiar voice heckled from behind him. Turning around. His face full of dread. He saw it. It was none other than Aunt Babe. Well, you were always a petty chancer. <laughs> <laughs> Connor counted as he covered his modesty up, channeling Claudette. <laughs> you got something that belongs to me. The woman sneered, her face wrinkling up, with a threatening rage brewing in her eyes. I'm not afraid of you, babe. The boy remarked. Big mistake, Connor. She said, slamming the living room door shut as she charged right up to the boy's face. Channeling two different scenes there. I was doing um, the one where she's told that she should have drowned. And she goes... <laughs> <laughs> and then also the other bit where she um, finds out that Abby's like dobbed her in it. And she goes, big mistake, Abby. <laughs> you owe me money. It was my plan. To snatch up that old gangster's cash. To stitch him up good and proper. I would have been happy 
with just a cut of the takings. But after you betrayed me, I'll take it all. And what if something was to just happen to you up here? Connor said, imagining ways of how to get rid of the old baby farmer. <laughs> yeah, well, my associates would have something to say about that. Babe responded. Her face had a sinister grin. Why am I not surprised? You always were too cowardly to do the dirty work. Who have you got working for you now? Connor clapped back. Oh, you'll find out. All in due time. You've made quite a few enemies. And though they want blood, I just want mine. You've got until the end of the week to find the cash and pay up. Or I'll... Or I'll get your coat. (laughs) (sighs) That was everything. (laughs) Come true. This is what dreams Dreams are are made of. of. Hey now, hey now. now. (laughs) This is what dreams are made of. I'm now wanting to sing the whole song. I know, so (laughs) A lightning flash filled the room, and as it faded into black once more, and Babe vanished. (laughs) Love that she's like a vampire or something. (laughs) Is she real? (laughs) Curse you. Curse a lot of you. Meanwhile, Emma had finished up the last of the debt collecting and had made her way to that dodgy cafe in the middle of nowhere. You know, the one that everyone goes when they are doing their shady business and don't want to be seen by anyone on the square. She walked in with a bag for life containing all the cash she had collected. Despite it being very late, (laughs) the place was filled with people. Having just finished a session of vampire yoga, one of them looked like Ruby. But that would be impossible, surely? No, we're convinced she goes to vampire yoga. He thinks she goes to vampire yoga, so maybe. I mean, it was the same time as Vinny's party, so believable. Exactly. Here's your cash, Emma said as she handed the money over. Tubbs turned to give her her earnings, and as he did, Emma secretly swapped the cash-filled bag for life with one sat beside the feet of a short-haired lady. The Mick voice might be out for this bit. (laughs) Here's your earnings, he said, handing over a measly wad of notes as he picked up the heavy bag she gave him, unaware that the woman beside them was none other than Emma's nan, and the bag for life held no money. Instead, it was packed full of Moe's dirty laundry. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, Tub said as he carried the bag away. Well done, nan. Now let's get out of here before he figures out that all he has is a collection of your dirty knickers. Emma replied. (laughs) Fleeing quickly, the pair failed to realise Ruby Allen watching them from the corner of the cafe with a plate of steaming chicken in front of her (laughs) and a look that spewed hatred in their direction. And whilst they departed, Ruby made a call telling someone that it was time. (gasps) Gangster Ruby's out. Gangster Ruby's out. She's done her vampire yoga. She's ready. She's out for blood now. <laughs> she's done her vampire yoga. She's very thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> she's putting on her leather jacket and off she goes. <laughs> night descended and the Slater siblings had both retired for the night. Lying wide awake, Emma was troubled. 
her every thought concerned that she might have made a big mistake scamming tubs. Mm, fair. <laughs> her brother slept no better. All he could think about was how he had betrayed Jay and how disgusting he felt. <laughs> disgusting. I think what, I, what I'm probably thinking in my head is, I did just become a slag. <laughs> I became a total slag. Without much sleep, morning came and Connor could barely contain his shame as he lay beside his new boyfriend. Emma hadn't slept either, but thankfully all the debt collecting and some cash that Connor had found turned out to be enough for Phil. And no sooner had that thought entered her mind, there was a knock at the door and Phil entered, seeking the cash for paying off the boat damage from the holiday. He stormed in, trudging his way up to the kitchen, with Emma following in tow. Your cash is there, the rest I'll transfer over now, Emma explained. In front of her, Phil counted the cash in the bag for life. The love of bag for life, these two. (laughs) The love of bag for life. (laughs) Whilst Emma transferred Connor's earnings via online banking. (laughs) (laughs) Just transferred my dirty money over. I need to get my Phil voice on. Go on. It's basically Kathy, but slightly deeper. (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised you got all this i've never really trusted this latest but i won't ask how you got the money the large man huffed just take your money and go emma demanded be careful if you cross you've upset my family you and that brother of yours that's not a good move ask keanu the thug warned. Keanu? Emma said, perplexed by Phil's inability to pronounce Keanu's name correctly. He said not another word. Instead, just exhaling loudly. (sighs) (laughs) As he huffed and puffed his way down the stairs, off to do more dodgy deals from the archers, no doubt. With all that worry lifted, Emma sat down and let out a relieved sigh. Sound just like Phil. It is. (laughs) Emma went to get her laptop. And when she found it, she opened it to find that there was some sort of cam show on there. (gasps) Tearfully, she gasped, saddened by what her brother had done to get the cash. But she just closed the site and pretended it never happened. Because that's what they do. Morning. Everything all right? Connor said with an upbeat, carefree attitude, masking the dirty feeling crawling all over his skin. Yeah, never better. Everything is sorted with Phil, so that's one less thing to worry about, Emma told him. I've got to tell you something. Connor went to speak, but Emma stopped him, telling him she had to open up the pub. Morning moved into lunch, and the pub was booming. Now that Callum had started serving his new brunch menu... Jay was trying his best to avoid the judgmental glare of Lola and her new boyfriend, P.T. Peter, whose eyes kept glancing over to Connor's sister. As As Connor was pulling a pint, he suddenly froze, feeling dirty and ashamed. He saw the man standing in front of him was Ian Peel. (gasps) For those listening, I'm being very method, covering my face in shame. (gasps) They gave each other a mutual look of embarrassment and silently stepped away from each other. What was that about? Emma asked. 
Nothing. I, I don't want to talk about it. Connor said, his voice wobbling and filling with tears. She followed him into the back as Tracy struggled on alone, serving <laughs> too many people to count. They always do that, Tracy, in EastEnders. Don't they? Just can That's you look after the bar, Tracy? And then can you look after the stall, Shrimpy? And Marie, can you look after the cafe while I pop out? Them three work so hard. They are the pillars of the community. They are. I have to tell you something. Connor began, with Emma expecting it to be about the cam show. But what came next left her shaken. We got a visitor last night. It was Aunt Babe. It is her who's been blackmailing us. But from the sounds of it, she's not alone. Anyone in here could be working with her. The pair emerged from the back and stood at the bar, with their eyes scanning the room, catching glimpses of Linda, Lola, Sharon, Ruby, Martin, Ben, Phil and many others who the pair had offended and their minds raced with conspiracies. We need to get the money by the end of the week or she'll tell everyone what we did. How we stole the money and help cover up that, the murder of that man. Connor explained. Shh, not too loud. We don't exactly want everyone knowing we offed the gangster we worked for after he found out that we'd ripped him off, Emma snapped as she dragged him back away from the bar, into the corridor once more. We could always ask Danny for some cash. <laughs> Her brother suggested. I don't trust that chicken. He should have been sent to slaughter years ago. Emma replied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think I know who I can ask for some money. Connor said as his eyes rolled towards Ian. He knew exactly what he had to do. Blackmail! Of course. Hate liars. You hate liars. Blackmail. <laughs> Blackmailing's alright, blackmail. yeah. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. Without warning, a loud banging came from the back of the pub. But only the two siblings seemed to hear it. Well, that's because he stands it again. <laughs> Big noise, but no one else hears it. Nah, there was a fire upstairs and no one even noticed. <laughs> the way Daniel just thought he had tinnitus and then no one else actually even heard it. Cautiously, the pair moved into the barrel storage and anxiously creaked open the door to the back alleyway. As the door creaked open and the rain and wind rushed in, the pair were shocked. Their eyes swelled and widened with surprise, for the person standing in the doorway was none other than their cousin, Haley Slater. <gasps> oh my god. You! We've got to talk about Summit! Haley shrieked. <laughs> Oh, that was fab. <laughs> well, another chapter. Chapter five. We've only got five more to go. Oh, it's coming around so fast, Emma. It really is. <laughs> nice, we've got Aunt Babe back, Haley back. <laughs> and I mean, who was that on the phone to Ruby? Oh, yeah. These questions still need answered. How will we ever stop Aunt Babe? And what exactly... Does this all have to do with Emma and Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Find out next time on A20's Collaborative Fan Fiction. Secret Slaters. <laughs> <laughs>